Hello, and welcome to Subderbs Talk About Games. I'm your co-host, Mango. And I am your co-host, Buddy. And today we're going to talk a little bit about griefing, but before we do that, Buddy, why don't you tell the folks at home what it is we do on this podcast? Uh, I would be happy to. On this podcast, we talk about games and tabletop games and movies, but today we're talking about video games games. Um, griefing the is in the news, I guess. Because of PUBG, which we're playing a lot of. Well, I'm actually not playing that much of it, but... Well, I'm, I'm playing. still playing a lot of it, yeah. How, how much of... Like, how many hours do you have? Oh, I'm... I'm. Uh, let me check. I'm at 91 hours. Um, so it's, well, it's it's getting up there. Yeah. I think, uh, you know, it's, it's it's getting up there with, with Sky, uh, Skyrim. Is, it's above Skyrim. Do-do-do. Uh, Still has the best of team. Team Fortress Two, I think, is my most played game at 161 hours. Oof. Um, which I didn't realize that I had that many hours in in Team Fortress. Dude, I feel two. that same way. I have 188 hours in Payday Two. I think it might be the most that I've like. It feels like the most, which is kind of insane. Uh, yeah, dude, Payday Two is my most played. Uh, oh wait, no, that's the wrong thing. Okay, my most played is Civilization Five at 223 hours. My second most played is then Payday 2 at 188. Nice. Is there, like, a way to sort that to, like... Yeah, if you go to, like, on your Steam page or whatever, right? Like, if you go to your name in the top and then you go to all games, it automatically sorts by playtime. I actually looked at your playtimes the other day. Because I was just, like, I was just, like, looking at friends lists. Oh, during the Steam sale, because I was looking at what everybody, like, all of, all of my friends had bought. And uh, and I ended up just looking to see what people's most played was. It was a very fascinating uh, uh, oh. cross-section. Mine is also Civ 5 with 173 hours. Oof. Oof. Yep. I have more Civ 5 hours than you get wrecked, Mango. Oof. I mean, my, my uh, players are known as, as in a strong third. Yeah, I, well, you know, it's interesting because um, the... Uh, it's, it's funny to see how people engage with certain games because, like, there are people who have, like, 500 hours in things. And to me, that's, like, almost kind of insane to, like, complicate yeah. or to contemplate, right? Um, but then I tend to go deeper into games than you do, right? I don't get to 91. My So my top seven games, which are Civ Five, Payday 2, Europa Universalis, Fallout 4, Total War Rome, Total War Warhammer, and Skyrim... Right, all of those are a hundred plus hours. Um, most of them being a hundred and fifty plus hours, uh, and then I drop, and then from there it's Factorio. Jesus Christ, eighty-seven hours in Factorio? That's insane. But anyway, um, that's not what we're here to talk about. <laughs> we're here to talk about griefing. Uh, so griefing, just like from a like a like a definitional standpoint, right? Griefing is like. When somebody does something, typically it's like utilizing a game system, right? To disrupt somebody others, somebody else's game, right? So, for instance, in PUBG, there's Friendly Fire. And I think Friendly Fire is really just there to make the firefights harder. Like, you have to, yeah. if you're, you know, like, if you are in melee with someone else and your friends are trying to help you out, there is a very good chance that they could mow you down in the crossfire, right? Like, that's, I think, what the purpose of the Friendly Fire system in, in PUBG is there for. But that also means that if I'm a rando, I can join into kind of autoplay squad matches and I can friendly fire down all of my teammates and TK them, right? Uh, and that is from from the point of, you know, from like the perspective of these devs, right? That like, that's a big problem. Yeah. And um, I think a big part of this too is, is not only like 
how like is griefing you know one of the solutions to, to griefing is to just make whatever action is griefable preventable right there's there's plenty of examples of this like um it, like uh in i think it's dota you can turn off certain abilities that like it can affect friendly people to keep people from using them on you in a mean-spirited way um and there's like in wow there's like the neural canceller or something that lets people that stops like certain trinkets from working on you um to keep uh, to keep that kind of griefing from happening. Yeah, there's the toy smasher. So like, if somebody puts down that fucking train set, um, you know, you can break the train set to stop everyone from going choo choo. Um, although I don't think it does the choo choo thing anymore. Oh, it doesn't. Yeah. Oh, okay. Uh, that thought, used to be the most annoying thing. I I know because I used to love putting it down, and then when I came back to the game, it didn't work. I was sad. Um. <laughs> so the reason that it annoys me so specifically and this is something i'm sure that we'll get into is because like because i role play in these games like in game oh yeah right? like that people can just people can grief you on that just by doing dumb small things that like ruin the kind of immersive nature of the rp that you're trying to do right right so like if somebody walks in and puts the train set down and you're trying to do like some heartfelt death scene or whatever else you know what i mean like it really ruins the mood in the moment right yeah um and that by the way for everyone listening is totally like that's an offense that blizzard recognizes like it's one of the reasons that rp servers are different than uh like regular servers um yeah. Oh, so, so so Blizzard will ban you for for doing something like, for like fucking with someone else's RP. Uh, whether or not you get banned is, I think, a less linear question. But they will definitely take some form of action. Yeah. You know okay. I mean? Like, yeah. Okay. It could just be like you get a, a, a like an email that's like a warning or something like that. Like, hey, don't grief RPers or whatever. You know, like whatever yeah. else it is. When I for the content purposes of this conversation, if I say ban, I'm generally not going to mean a permanent ban. Um, I'm going to mean some sort of punitive action. I will try and correct my speech, but um, <laughs> when like when when I think about this, when I hear when I say ban, I generally mean a temporary ban. Um, I will try and be specific, but uh, but forgive yeah, me. Yeah, that you know, I have to say that's one of the weird things about this whole uh, set is kind of like the nomenclature has gotten really like wonky yeah. because th like for instance, the word perma ban or like kind of a, has arisen from games, right? But ban means permanent. You right. know what I mean? Like. If it's temporary, it's a it's suspension, suspension, typically. Yeah. Um, but, like, developers and stuff use it. Like, Riot terms their suspensions as bans uh, because they kind of, like, they run out and then they have, you know, other rules for kind of permabans and stuff like that. So, like, I actually think that the the word choice that you're using, while I guess a little bit less precise in a, in a specific sense... Um, is almost a little bit more accurate to, like, the culture as a whole. Yeah, yeah. So, so just kind of for reference the reason i'm doing this is that's the language the PUBG uses is when you try and log in it says you've been banned um and i assume that this is for a technical reason they've got one screen for every type of ban temporary or permanent and it just depends on when that screen goes away um uh <coughs> excuse me but um i uh, just to kind of give a little bit of background the two big stories that kind of happened in PUBG um are uh dr disrespect a a relatively popular uh, very popular i think streamer um, he's got a character who's kind of a jackass. Uh, when he was streaming with some other streamers all on a squad, and they had a rando fourth member, and they had a three-person vehicle, I believe it was the motorcycle, and uh, the rando had taken the third seat, and the game is, like, for most of their thing, they were ignoring the, the fourth person and just kind of letting them do what they wanted. 
Um, I don't know why they didn't uncheck auto matching, but you know, that's me. Um, but anyway, this guy sits in the seat and won't get out to let Dr. Disrespect in. And so Dr. Disrespect shoots him um, in a move that is very kind of in character for Dr. Disrespect, but obviously against the terms of the game. Um, he gets banned um, in a very public manner uh, with player unknown tweeting out, you know, the rules are the rules, doesn't matter who you are, et cetera, et cetera. And that's generally an uncontroversial ban. Um, it's also, it's also a, I believe, a three-day ban um, rather than a uh, an extended ban. And um, some people have pointed out that this probably works out well for Dr. Disrespect because guess whose name was all over the pub, uh, the player unknown's battleground subreddit um, for the next, like, two days. Um, um, the, the more contentious thing that has arisen, I believe it was, uh, today, this is, uh, July 20th at the time of recording is a, a non-famous person, just a, a dude who, um, I think he might stream any, in any case he was recording his, his, uh, his streams so, or his, his gameplay. So he had video evidence, um, simply, uh, he similar situation, three people and a fourth rando, except in this case, the rando took it upon himself to uh, seemingly randomly kill two of his teammates. Um, and then at the end, at, as kind of like the last part of this, the last dude uh, uh, picked up a gun and killed the guy who had killed his two teammates um, so that the grief, the essentially griefing the griefer. Um, and then he, he quit because he just wanted, you know, it was very early in the game. He'd rather play another game with his friends than, um, than wait through it. Um, he went through the process of reporting this person. I, I think this is also part of the equation. I'll get to it in a second. But he reported this this person, and um, the the staff got back to them and said, "Thank you for your report. Um, you know, this person has uh, this person has been banned. However, you have also violated the rules by killing by team killing him intentionally, and so you have also received a ban. And then on top of this, um, there was there is." As this kind of has gained traction, there was there's kind of been like an outcry, like you know, like you know, things deserve context. You should be be uh, thinking about things. Um, and then the community manager um, sent out a message that is seems hastily written and is a little bit unprofessional. But to to read it, um, I'll put a link to this in the description. Uh, uh, if you don't want to be grieved, then turn off auto turn of auto matchmaking. Plain and simple, as I said once again, he was away from his friends and the TKer, and it's an 8x8 map. If he wanted to go on without his friends, he could have gone away, but he didn't. He turned around, he went to the TKer, killed him, and quit the game. He also broke the rules. Um, uh, you know, this, this there's some things wrong with that statement. It's also very poorly edited. Um, and, it, you know, it looks like it's like yeah. some sort of Discord message, so it's, it's it, you know, I don't necessarily put a lot of blame on that. Um but the, the you know there there are some problems there. Like, I, th I think this is a, this so, a good kind so, of hit me with your like bird's eye view. What's your read on 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 this stuff? Like almost actually like, like to zoom out even farther for a second, right? Like just the idea that like like we like we agree with the idea that the publisher or the developer, right, whoever wants to kind of take command for this, right? Like if you put a game out there, it's a multiplayer game. You are responsible for the conduct of your players within it. Right. And so if somebody is fucking with, you know, like if somebody is like fucking with it, right. Or fucking with other players or whatever, right. Like it's the, it's whoever's responsibility to get in there and to kind of like mitigate things, right. Like the right. act of making certain things, griefing and banning people or suspending people or, you know, whatever else you want to take. We're, we're, we're in agreement. That's, that's, that's all right. That's fine. Um, 
I, I, I think there might be some nuance to that. Like there's some, like, I, I think this gets into the nitty gritty about what, con what constitutes griefing and whatnot. But I, I think that's a kind of like a thing that you can dive into um, a lot, right? Like the, the, sure. the thing, the thing that gives me pause immediately there is, is essentially, um, you know, there's often accusations that like, like the, the common one is that throwing is cheap in fighting games, um, which for various essential reasons isn't true. But I could see, like, an overzealous developer, like, categorizing certain behavior. Like, it, it's on a case-by-case -case basis. But, yes, I do think it falls on the, if. So, yeah, yeah. So, like, irrespective, though, I'm, I'm trying to, I just want to, like, build, a, like, a solid foundation here that, like, it is, it, it's, like, I'm not going to say something anarchic, like. What you know, whatever the the I can't remember the name like blue blue hole blue, blue hole blue hole right uh, so it's not like like neither of us hold the position that blue hole studios should do nothing and that if you know that it is just as valid for Doctor Disrespect to TK someone as it is for you know this other guy to go and avenge his, you know what I mean like oh completely, sure they're complete anarchy I mean, right like like if if blue hole wants the game to go that way then, you know, I think that's like, you know, you can't even trust your teammates. I think that's a valid decision for them to make if they wanted to. Um, but that's also kind of like, like, what type of environment do you want the game to have? Okay. Like, yeah. Yeah. But like, yes, I do not think that they are wrong for choosing to make this a bannable offense. Um, if that makes sense. Yeah. Because I do think, like, I in a way, I'm sort of almost preempting that argument a little bit. Because uh, it is something that I've, I guess I've seen from time to time. You know what I mean? Like, because there is such a natural, and, and it's an outgrowth of the thing that you were talking about earlier, right? Which is that, like, the um, the way that we look at griefing is typically by removing systems that can be taken advantage of in this way, right? Yeah. Um, and so people say, well, if the system's in the game, then obviously it's not griefing, which is an incorrect assessment. Yeah, I mean... Like I said, I, I yes, you you can, the developer can can put in designate in game behaviors as, as griefing and act on them, and that is not, uh, a problem. Okay, um, cool. And so, but for the specific second instance with the guy that gets revenge, that like revenge TKs the guy TKing him, what are the problems that you have with their statement? Um, so I don't know if I. Like, I, I can see both sides of this, right? Like, essentially, the decision comes down to is how much you want to give the people responsible for banning, how much you want to put the weight on their shoulders for making these kinds of decisions. Because um, if you kind of let nuance enter the situation, then you get better results, but you also depend on the judgment of a person, which isn't always going to be reliable. Um, and, you know, there's a level of kind of uh, potential uh, uh, manipulation of evidence type of stuff, right? Like, you could take sh take a a video shot of someone from from you know and, and like edit it to a point where you know you don't necessarily see the full story, and it makes things one things look one way and things look an uh, other things look another way. You, have they have they confirmed that they do that? Uh, that they. I'm actually interested in that almost because I do think that that manipulation of evidence like photoshopping you know oh if, so, I, if i send a screenshot that that has you calling me the n-word four times in a row will that get you a a suspension um because but like if i photoshopped it yeah i, I, I don't know i don't know how they i don't know how they get gather their evidence essentially. yeah I, so 
the the person claims they attached the video as part of the evidence i don't know how much like they, they haven't said how much they um they they look into like they, they look into that i don't know what tools they have okay yeah um but um presumably like like whenever it's opaque then it's possible that you know the the you know people what, what's what's the, the the phrase that gets used the the appearance of impropriety can be just as bad as actual impropriety right 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 uh, um, yeah, and, and it's an interesting question. It's something that other companies get away from almost, right? Like in Final Fantasy XIV uh, and also in World of Warcraft, for instance, screenshots or like or like a YouTube video is not valid evidence. But that's because these are companies that have the infrastructure back end to essentially just keep track of everything that's going on in the game. And so if, if, I, if I show you a screenshot that says, you know, the N-word four times in a row, right? I don't need that screenshot evidence because then I can go and, you know... Pull the logs. Right, like, I, yeah, right? I, I'm a Blizzard developer. I have access to Blizzard, you know, to, to Blizzard's logging systems and everything on the on the back end like that. And I can pull those logs and I can read the chat logs and that is impartial, definitive evidence. You know what I mean? Um, but I don't know how that works in the context of PUBG because they're obviously a lot smaller. Um, and a lot newer. And a lot newer, and I don't know that they would have that kind of... Like, and, it, and I also think that that's a back-end system that's pretty powerful. Um, but also, like, do they have... Like, do they have, essentially, the bandwidth in order to create something like that to be used in situations like this? I'm not sure. Yeah. Um, the other part of this, too, is that, like... Uh, so, so the other half of that equation, rather, is that you can either give give the, the power to the admin, or you can create a kind of blanket policy that kind of protects your, your admins, right? Like, if the answer is every time you intentionally TK a teammate, um, you get a you get a ban, then, then no one has to think about anything. And, you know, it it kind of sucks for this guy, right? But you kind of ex accept that as, as a consequence of the system. But you, you make sure that... You make sure that you don't go into a situation where, where things are applied unfairly in the future, right? Like where some hypothetical position in the future is, you know, is is not like arguable, right? Like, you know, um, potentially like like the, the doctor dis this doctor's disrespect one was pretty clear, but I could see a muddier version of it where like the person is sitting in the seat, like the claim is that they're sitting in the seat just to prevent their teammate, like their other teammate, from getting into it, which. I could see argued as a form of griefing. Um, and at that point is retrib is retrib retributive, uh, uh, griefing justified. And I think that's a dicey question. A lot of devs, um, wouldn't want to answer. Um, so I, I definitely think that the, oh, really? the um, I feel I, like the common answer is no, essentially, right? Like retro retributive grief griefing is never oh, justified. Right, right, right. But th th that's what I mean. Right. Like, um, like, if the answer is always no, you don't have to really, you don't have to create like nuanced answers, right? Oh, in this, I see in, what you're saying, in, yeah. Sorry, I, I was unclear. In, in this situation, right, like the the argument is that the guy killing the guy who killed his teammates is justified. Um, I think there's a little bit deeper deeper things that based on the specific mechanics of the game. I think like if he say had wanted to go on and try and win the game, and he knew the person was trying to shoot him, then his only choice was to shoot his teammate. But he also didn't. He quit the game. Um, because he wanted to play with his friends. Uh, and I, I think there's... I think there's a whole set of arguments around kind of like... How this plays out because... You know, in a game that's... Let's let's say we're playing a competitive game, right? Like you're playing um, Counter-Strike Go. Which has like a big competitive scene. Where this type of thing could also happen. 
Um, some somebody actually in the discussion around around these uh, player unknowns battlegrounds incidents posted um, a uh, a link to the the Counter Strike Go. Um, uh, essentially, they, they essentially they have like a a a, a program like the uh, like LOL used to have the um like the the, the what, what was it called in LOL. Um, uh, I do they, like the auto banning feature that they not the know. auto banning feature the one where oh. the where, where where players oh the tri the tribunal the tri yeah the tribunal um it's called Overwatch in CS:GO which I think is like it just you know it just <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um yeah but um one of their points specifically is that retributive retributive griefing is still griefing and still is punishable um and uh and so and but the I think the arguments there can be a lot more, right? You know, PUBG is not a super serious game and like you can play the game quote unquote uh, com competitively, but it's not kind of like designed around a, a competitive framework and it could evolve to, to, to try and do so. Um, uh, but, um, but like let's in, in a ranked game of counter-strike, if your teammate, if your teammate is consistently shooting you, then your only hope to win the round is potentially to shoot that person and then try and win the round. And so I think there's a stronger argument there, um, but I think it's, I, I think it's, it's, it's a tough answer. I, th I think the easy thing for the studio to do is just say, uh, no, it's never permissible. Stop doing that. Um, the, the other thing that I only wanted to mention is between this and the Dr. Disrespect ban, one of the things that came up is that in order to report someone in PUBG, you have to go to the player known battlegrounds forums, sign up for a forum account, like, and then post it in a specific forum to get them banned. Because um, wow. there is no in-game way to report now, um, right. and then you know, basically the claim is that this needs to be, um, this needs to be addressed. Um, you yeah, know, yeah. I'm I'm willing to give them, uh, give them you know a little bit of slack for now because it is still an early access, um, but uh, you know the, the system for reporting right now is is pretty bad, and so the, um, in, in as in uh, a lot of other cases I've seen is the the barrier to reporting means that a lot of people go unreported. Because it's not worth someone's time to go report them when they Definitely. can just be like, ah, oh, fuck it, and like hit. I actually think that I game. actually think that that is the big weakness of the official response here. Because if if I am okay, so if I like, we obviously don't know the specifics, but it sounds as though that what essentially happened was this guy reported right for the second instance. This guy reported the other guy, and then as a result of his own report, he was banned. Right. You, you want me to... I can read you the email. He, he posted a screenshot of the email. Um, he said, Hi, thank you for submitting a report. I'd like to inform you that the user you report has been temporarily banned. According to the rules of conduct, you are given a three-day ban as well for team killing. Next time, don't kill them and just submit it. Thank you for helping keep this community clean by reporting players who wish to ruin the experience for legitimate players. Uh, disclaimer, blah, 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 blah. There's n nothing... Yeah, uh, okay. So, like, that that's the problem there. I think that if you're issuing a report, you should essentially be protected by, like, the Fifth Amendment of reporting, right? Like, I can't... Like, I'm not gonna... I mean, frankly, and, and plenty of games take this stance, too, which is kind of that, like, it's not a violation unless someone reports it. You know what I mean? Like, right. You know, like... It, like for instance, this is how Blizzard always talks about inappropriate names on RP servers, right? Like, if I have a name that's not, like, you're not, like, an inappropriate in the sense of, like, you know, Hitler did nothing wrong or something like that. You know what I mean? Like, inappropriate in the sense of, like... Steve. Yeah, you, yeah, you know what I mean? Like, 
like gnome punter or something yeah. like that, right? Like some some name that clearly isn't an RP name, right? They they do enforce this kind of thing, but it's up to the community to enforce it, right? So if you're on an RP server and you see gnome punter, your job is to report him, right? And if he gets reported, then Blizzard is gonna is gonna do something about it. But until that happens, they don't care, right? And I think that that that's a pretty good you know like that's a pretty good system yeah. to have uh, in general. But it also means that like. If I am reporting someone, I should be protected from the kind of like like you know if I if I did some kind of rep, ret, retributive griefing or whatever, right? But I don't get reported for that, uh, or sorry, but the only person submitting the report is me for the other guy. I shouldn't get hit for that because honestly, at the end of the day, I think that just diminishes your player's willingness to engage with the support system you know okay that makes like, sense it's it's like you know like this is there for them and so you want lots of reports in order to have the community kind of like well managed but like if you're discouraging people from doing it because there's a chance that they'll get banned on their own reports i think that's that's dumb and i also think that like it's kind of up to the other person to decide to decide what's griefing and what's not you know what i mean like if somebody gets like if somebody gets retributively tk'd they have to be the ones to say, well, that's grief. He's just griefing me back, right? There's also a version of things where that guy goes, you know what? I deserve that, right? And I think that in that sense, it's kind of almost like a like a no harm, no foul. Yeah, I actually, ex um, they have explicitly stated that like it has, it, it does have to be reported in this way, um, basically because um, there are accidental team kills, right? You you can't you you have to have a little bit of context, um, because you you know like if 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 something happens by accident, um, uh, that was actually a, a brief point brought up about the Dr. Disrespect thing. No one knows if the guy actually submitted a report. It was just a very public thing that happened because it happened on a popular stream. Yeah. Um, and it was clear what the intent was too. So I don't have so much of a problem with that. Cause like, this is a question about like the public faces of, of kind of, of games, right? Like a, you know, a streamer might do this and the other person might be like, lol, that was funny. I don't mind because I was on stream, but I think the developer still has a like has an interest in not make like not implying that this is okay. Um, I, I think that's a much a much tougher line to 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 walk. Um, I think in, in in this particular case, the doctor disrespect thing was 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 pretty clear, right? Like there, there there is no question about what he was doing or why he was trying to do it. It's not it's not you know in question at all. Uh. uh so I don't think it's a problem, but I could see, um, I could I could see why, um, you know, Blue Hole would choose to ban somebody based on a, a very public thing as well. Um, uh, yeah, I I definitely I definitely get like I definitely get where they're coming from. I also kind of think that like at a certain point, like that's it's it's okay. You know, for instance, right? Light used to do this kind of stuff, right? And if anybody is listening to this has paid attention to any of this drama with Riot Light, this is irrespective of that, right? But one of the things that he was famous for was people would go on the forums and kind of complain about their bands, and he would come in and be like, no, you definitely deserved it, right? And, and typically that stuff is kept secret, right? That, you know, most of these games have a privacy policy that makes it so that, you know, I, as a representative of the company, cannot divulge that such and such got you know, like, got any, you know, a ban or a suspension or anything like that, right? But if they choose to divulge it, then I can comment, right? Because they've already broken the seal, essentially, of that pri of their own privacy. 
Um, and so that's what he would do, right? Like, as soon as you're willing to make a forum post on, like, on the LOL forums about why you got, you know, about, like, you got banned and, oh, your ban was so, you know, whatever, Riot Light would just go in there and he would quote out the whole thing and just kind of say, this is why you got banned, essentially, right? And I think that, like, those kinds of exceptions need to kind of be there, especially for, like, higher-ups, right? Like, I, I think it would be inappropriate for, like, a bottom-tier whatever that looks like at Riot person to do it. But because Riot Light headed that whole division, you know, like, he can make the call. And in the same sense, I also think Player Unknown can make the call to yeah. kind of say, you know what? Actually, I, I think this is a perfect example right here. Player Unknown made a comment about Dr. Disrespect. Um, this Slivinlicia person is not anybody anybody seems to know, at least, or... She's described as community manager. Maybe she's just not well known yet, but um, essentially, it feels like a lower a lower level response, which I think it's this dichotomy that you're you're talking about, right? It's not player unknown issuing a statement. It's some some underling. Not not to disparage the person, but like yeah. it's, it's, it's not a person, at least as of now, that, that is that is viewed in kind of like. A position, uh, a position to be making these kinds of, of things. Yeah, I mean, I don't know, man. If if they have put it out there that that the the like this person getting his ban was because the other person reported him back, I think he deserves it. I think they did the right thing. Ish. Because oh. like, because the other thing, like the other half of that is that I think that there's a nuanced decision between I am. Um, you know, this person TK'd two of my teammates and I am defending myself and I killed him back, right? You know, like, he was trying to come after me as the third one and I, and I, but like, from the position that, or like, from the post, it doesn't sound like that was the case. It no, sounds he, like, he, 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 um, they, they, they kind of run at each other and they shire, fire shots at each other, but it's clear that the guy is intending to kind of finish this. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I think that, you know, like, under that, you know, like, yeah, I kind of get it, right? Like, I, th I like, I, almost as, a, like, an ethical person, right? Like, on a moral level, I agree more with, like, I think the, the person who initially does the TKing is, is worse, and he deserves less of my sympathy, I guess. But, like, kind of from, like, a rules and policies level inside of the game, I'm, I'm kind of on board with the way that they... The way that I, I actually that's not true. I have one. I have one thing which would be if it were up to me. I feel like I would send two separate emails. I would say one email that's like, "Hey man, thanks for your report. Right, we're looking into it. You know, all that stuff. Right." And then I would send a second report that's like, "Because another player reported you for griefing, we're taking we're taking yeah. action on it, your account. You know what I mean? Yeah. It, it seems like this ban came from his own e like from the things recorded in his own email. Um. So, uh, uh, I don't, I, you know, I, I don't know that, uh, like it, it seems to be that they're not, they're not taking the, the, the essentially the fifth amendment stance is, is what I'll call it. Oof. Um, but you know, that's, that's kind of unknown at this point. Like there, there's been very little other. Okay. That's my big gripe is that fifth amendment stance, right? Yeah. Like, I think that's the, I think that's the, uh, that's the problem. Yeah. Um, so just, just kind of like bringing to the top of my mind is, is the potential downside. Let's say that that this this dude that that goes and TKs is just kind of a chuckle fuck, um, and he knows that there's kind of like this this high barrier to reporting. Um, he sets up an account and he kind of like joins these games and baits out, um, 
like let's let's say he tries to bait out these TKs, right? Like he kills two people and tries to like coerce the third guy into killing him so he can then go report them. Um, is there like do you think that there is a is that a hazard or is is that just like a thing that you don't think happens? Is that a thing that's solved? Like to me, it seems like it's solved by easier reporting tools for the most part. Um, yeah, I definitely think that that's the case. I also think that um, you like I think it's tough because. Um, like you have to put this in the hands of people, right? right. Machines, you know, I mean, riot, riot, like riot learned. This is that machines don't always function at 100%. Right. Uh, and so they kind of, like, they, they very publicly had a whole thing about like, Oh, machine learning is solving our reporting problem. And then that also kind of like blew up in their face a little bit. Um, and so they had to like read, go back they may have reintroduced it to be honest i don't i don't know what they're doing with their like stuff um but you know so like you have to have a person there and that person is fallible right and that person has to kind of like make a read based on the context of the situation if it were up to me i would be i would be much more willing as a developer to let guilty men roam free than to take action on someone who gets kind of junk reported um which sounds weird, obviously, but, you know, uh, like, Blizzard actually got a, like, got a huge, uh, got, like, a huge problem from this because one of the things that they implemented was, like, when they were having tons and tons of problems with RMT players, right? You know, players who are not real, they're, they're coming into, like, spam messages about buying gold and shit like that. Um, one of the things that they did is they, is that if you got reported enough times, you got instantly you know like you got you got temp banned for like a day until blizzard reviewed the account and the essential and like the idea there was that like you know rmt players get reported by a lot of people but a lot of the time there's this backlog and every second that person is in there they're putting out another whisper or another shout or whatever right like that's a problem and so if you add it if you add in this system that says like okay we are going to chop off you know, uh, uh, we're gonna chop off characters based on the volume of reports, right? If 40 people report this guy, well, there's, you know, here's some smoke. Let's assume there's some fire. Let's ban him until we un until we figure out, you know, what what's going on. But like that is a thing that could theoretically be abused, right? Like like streamers you, or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, and this got proved on stream. Like a guy got he put out a pug. He's a he's like a famous wow stream. He put he put up like a pug group. He put like 40 people in it and then he told everyone in there to report him and he got you know like and he kind of got temp banned now at what point is that kind of like you know splitting hairs and a problem you know what i mean like will that problem ever actually happen to someone in the real world kind of you know what i mean like will somebody get mistakenly banned for this reason i don't know my read on that is actually that like if the volume is actually 40 like 40 reports um, and it's only until one of Blizzard's agents can come review the situation and then they unban you immediately afterwards. It's kind of like, you know, like, I, I don't know. I don't have a, I don't have a great, like, to a certain extent, that sucks, definitely. But it's also a bit of like, I kind of think I might be willing to make that sacrifice for the good of my community as a whole, if that makes sense. So, so how do you feel about this affecting things like, Say, like, the only time I see this being a, a huge problem is something like in, in WoW, like World Firsts, right? Like, um, two groups are, are vying for World Firsts, and one of these groups is very unscrupulous and, you know, just targets 
one of the the people from the other groups and and spams him to get him banned because you know th- those minutes all count when when the content launches right um is is you, like I, I guess you could just apply like manual manpower to those situations yeah and solve I, it. Kind of, yeah i feel like that would be the, i also think it's true with like streamers and stuff like that um and like and, and, and it's tough because like this is a, this is me trying to like be you know i'm i'm blizzard and i'm thinking right. about the long like the long term of my of my you know of my game and my decision right, right. such a macro thing because what you're essentially gambling here is by saying look the quicker we get these rmt out the less they're going to bother players right and even if 0.1% of our player base unsubs because rmt is that annoying or something right that that is so that is a big enough portion of yeah. our player base that the one or two people that get caught in this unfortunate like like unfortunate thing it's going to be a net positive people right who say it's something. a matter of you know which is larger the amount of people that get falsely reported or the amount of people that are negatively affected by rmt stuff right yeah and like that yeah yeah but the thing is is that with streamers and stuff like that it really does create some like really weird special cases yeah. that i don't know how yeah to the, the the thing the thing that's really worrying is not the cases where streamers get bombed or right, that is worrying but it's a little bit more dealable the ones that are like streamers who are not nice people who are like fuck that guy and maybe doesn't say directly you should report them, but everybody goes and reports that like poor like random person, or mm. whatever, um, um, because they've been um, th- this this is another thing that came out at some point is that like if a streamer accuse if your popular streamer accuses you of something you get bombarded real hard. Yeah, uh, that's also true. Yeah, that's rough, dude. Yeah. Um, In a way, I almost kind of feel like that stuff is kind of like t- t- must tip the balance. You know, that's like too much power. Yeah. I feel like, I feel like the easy solution for a lot of these because I do think it's super rare is, is good customer service, right? Like, in the situation that I that I'm talking about, where like a streamer points a finger at somebody, and they get banned, um, I think that like the right thing is to have a policy in place that says that allows the customer service to essentially, um, one treat the victim right and be like, sorry this happened to you, here's like a month of free time or whatever. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, and you know, here's the name change. If you need to change your name, so people stop fucking with you, um, and uh, and like a ban on the streamer, right? Like like the, a ban on the uh, on the offender. Mm. Um, yeah, I get that's that's all you can. Uh, I guess that's all you can do. I, I think that's a, a kind of a happy medium there as as to as to the way to, to handle it. So uh, this is an interesting question. It also comes back to wow, but it, the world first stuff actually brought it. Uh, um. So, something that happened very publicly in the World First race, uh, when it came to, I want to say, Mythic Helia in, in Legion, was that one of the Russian guilds, I think Exorcist, um, one of the Russian guilds, now nah, it must have been something different, was using an exploit on the Mythic boss um, that they thought was, a, that they claimed to have thought was a mechanic, but I think if you actually look at, like, I can't quite remember the the details because this was like a, a half a year ago. Uh, right. But like I remember reading what they were doing and I was like, how the fuck did they think that this was an actual mechanic? Right. Like th- th- this was clearly a bug. I, I right? vaguely I vaguely remember this too. I, I was still playing when when this happened. Yeah. So and the, and they all got uh, so they got the world first title off of that. But then the world first title was stripped from them and they were all banned for it. Uh, how do you feel about how do you feel about that? So for for things like that. 
I, I kind of, I think that part of the blame for this has to go to Blizzard, because I think that, you know, when content goes out like this, there should be customer service people paying attention to this kind of thing, right? Like, Blizzard's a big enough company that they can afford to have somebody being like, oh no, this is a problem, and then, like, putting out a statement or, like, World First stuff, it's, it's not like some rando is going to get World First and, you know, they're going to be unreachable. They're generally kind of pillars of the community, relatively contactable, and are, you know, can be in contact with, with, with the Blizzard people um, in, in some way, right? Like, even if it's just a DM message, it, it's, it, it is rarely, like, extremely rarely, I don't think ever a, like, a, you know, it's not like you, me, and, like, 10 of, 10 of our derpy friends, like, managed to get rolled first by accident. It's all people who, who are super active. And so I think it's part partly on Blizzard to be like, this is an exploit, stop doing this, or else you're going to get banned for things like this rolled first thing. Um, and I think for... So for... that's super interesting. Practically speaking, what, like, how, how would you want them to enforce that? Like, have a, G, like, have a GM, like, sitting in their world first attempts to see whether or not they're using exploits? Um, I assume that they're streaming it or something, right? Like, oh, I don't think they do. I mean, maybe they do. I actually don't know how that how that works. I feel that, like they don't, though. Oh, I can't. I I feel like I feel like maybe though. Like I I don't I don't think it's you know a technical technical limitations aside. Like assuming the technology is there, I don't think it's. Uh, I don't think it's like. For for world first stuff in particular, I I I, I would hope that that uh that, that Blizzard could could look at that and be like this this is not a valid strategy right like, and I, I I think there's a level right like I think that that like there's kind of a balancing point um, and I think there's there's also things for like people where people bring up that this is happening and there's no response from Blizzard, and so like this is something I remember from around that time too is. There was, it might have been the same as today, it was something similar where there was no response from Blizzard, and because of that, the other groups attempting for World First were like, we're going to lose World First if we don't embrace this tactic, so we, I guess we have to gamble and go for it, otherwise, you know, we're gonna, we're going to lose the race that we're going for. Um, I, I think there just needs to be a kind of, a greater, uh, uh, like, I think I think that Blizzard needs to be involved if they think that this is that world like world first are a thing that are that are kind of important to the community right like there's enough yeah. draw to it, um, like I don't think you know for for lesser things right like I I think that you don't necessarily need like I prefer um communic you know quick communication right um but I don't think it's as bad for like you know uh somebody discovered that like if you can that you could duplicate gold somehow right that's obviously wrong right you know you don't need blizzard to tell you that that's wrong um uh, but like you know I, I could see some other type of you know like if you step here and you step backwards on like this the shiny thing like like it's a teleporter but it gets confused and teleports you to the last the last teleporter um or even um you know in uh something that we something that we used um hopefully this doesn't get uh your guild banned, but um, we would do the thing where you ran outside the instance ran in and killed all the tra or despawned all the trash. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah! I do remember that. Yeah. Um, yeah. like. But like, so like when we're doing that in normal Emerald Nightmare, right? right? That's not that's not like an exploit that you think deserves a ban. Um. Essentially. 
like, I don't think it deserves immediate comment, but I do think if you're not going to give immediate comment, you kind of have to give deference to non-obvious things, right? Like, like, um, I don't know. I feel, I feel like it's not a huge deal in in the grand scheme of things. Mm -hmm. Um, but I wouldn't be mad at Blizzard for, for, for temp banning people for using, um, for, for using this, this, that exploit. Cause, cause it's pretty clearly an exploit, right? You're supposed to fight the trash. No, no yeah, definitely. Um, I think so. Like, cause I actually think that's a really good counterpoint because a lot of the times it feels like there are these bugs that exist that we take advantage of. Right. And the idea is essentially, well, like it's blizzard's fault for having, you know, bugs in their, in their shit yeah. kind of thing. Right. And to a certain extent, I actually kind of a little bit agree with that stance. Um, I think the thing that really highlights the Exorcist thing, though, is that they were able to win World First off of essentially cheating, right? Because, you know, like, there's a difference between, like, even if you were to tell me that, like, the mythic Emerald Nightmare race was somehow affected by, like, this ability. I mean, you only kill that trash once. It takes all of ten minutes. You know what I mean? And, like, yeah, ten minutes is one or two more attempts on on Xavius, but, like, at that point, you're, you're, you're kind of splitting hairs. Uh, right. But, like, it's so demonstrable in this instance that, like, the way that Exorcist was using... Because it was something about, like, using... It's, it's just something about positioning Helia so that nobody took damage from, like, this huge breath attack that she does or whatever. Um, like, it was so... Like, the amount of damage incoming to the tanks on... on their mythic Helia attempts versus the amount of damage that are going to tanks who are absorbing the breath as they should be, right? So that, your, your claim is that this is an obvious exploit. Yeah, like that. Like, it, it's not just that it's an obvious exploit, but, like, the... the it's, it's not... In a way, I almost kind of think there should be a category that's, like, too minor to warrant action, right? We understand this is an exploit. We understand that this is breaking our rules. You know what I mean? But it's just such a minor version of that violation that it's just not worth me taking action on it, right? That I think that kind of gray area should kind of exist. And for that, from that perspective, it's kind of like, well, listen, somebody could report us for, like, skipping the trash on the Emerald Nightmare or whatever, right? But then we just look at that. We look at them... You know, like, I'm, I'm a Blizzard employee, I'm investigating this. I look at this and I just kind of say, you know, come on, right? Like, I just, I victimless crime, essentially, right? Um, but there are a lot of victims to Exorcist's crime because they get the world first by essentially cheating. Um, and so, that, like, I, th I think it's that, like, scale that really makes so, a big so, difference. Yeah, so the, the only thing that gives me pause here is, is, is the claim that they thought it was a mechanic, right? Like, and, Yeah, yeah. And, um, and, you know... Let, let, let's take ourselves away from the argument about how, like, if it was was or was not for a second. Let's assume that there is a situation, say, in the future where it is confusable, right? Like, mm -hmm. you know, you know, if you stand in a certain spot, like, you 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 don't take damage anymore, and maybe it's not even the thing you do on purpose, right? Like, like, actually, this is a separate category that I want to ask you about. How do you feel about um, things that are like accident, like like accidental, but still give advantage, right? Let's let's say. Hell yeah! In this case, if you stand on a, at a certain point, you don't take damage from her anymore. Um, what is what is your responsibility as a player at this point? Um, I like, think your responsibility you, as a player is not to use that exploit. No, no, no. But like, let's let's say let's say you can't reproduce it, right? Like, 
or or rather oh, like it, it happens by it happens by accident in the middle of one oh, of your attempts but it, you, but it leads to your world first right yeah like you realize you're not taking yeah. damage are you are you then responsible for wiping yourself to get rid of that bug i think the good i think the good sport right version of things says that you should do that However, I think that if you don't do that, you shouldn't be... Like, this, the nuance here is I don't think that person is, like, culpable in in the same way that Exorcist was by, like, baking this thing into their strategy. Um, so, like, for instance, a version of things where that bug leads to a world first and then Blizzard investigates, finds out that the world first was due to this bug, and then strips these guys of their world first... That makes sense to me. But if they were to strip them of the world first and ban them all like they did to Exorcist, I think that would go too far. Do you see what I'm saying? Right? Like, you're not liable for taking, you know, like, you're not liable for not taking the the the, the best route or, like, the most sportsmanlike route available to you in your world first race in the same way that you are by, like, by, by baking that kind of in there. In the so, same, do you see what I'm saying? So essentially, the difference between immoral and illegal. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I think that's uh, I think that's a good yeah a good way to frame it. Yeah. Um. So so kind of to unwind for a second, just because that that occurred to me mid 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 rant. Um. If um if there is a situation where it's kind of it is it is at least questionable that this is is this a mechanic or is this a uh or or is this a uh. Uh, uh, an exploit, right? Like, um, you know, assuming that this can happen, right? You, you do something, and you're like, oh, I guess this is supposed to be the way it goes, which, you know, could happen. What, what do you think the right solution that there is? You know, I don't know. Uh, I don't know. What do you think? <sighs> I, uh, I don't know. That's, that's difficult. It is. Um, <laughs> um, so I think that th this is why I think that like the, that Blizzard should be a little bit more hands on with these world first things. I think that until Blizzard makes a statement, you're you should be not culpable, right? Like and and ultimately Blizzard has to make the call as to whether this is obviously an exploit or not. But I think that Blizzard should be paying enough attention um, to be like this is an exploit. Stop doing this, please. Don't do it if you don't do it any. If See, you do the it. Thing, so the thing that makes that hard in my instant in my uh, so okay. So for instance, this is something that you hear when people talk about like RMT in games like World of Warcraft, right? Like the idea is like, well, these guys are so obvious, right? They're just obviously shouting and they're repeating the same thing over and over again. Why isn't a, a GM or whoever else, you know what I mean? Like, why don't they just like? park themselves in Stormwind and in Orgrimmar and maybe any of the other cities, you know, like, park themselves in raid chat and every, or trade chat and every time they see this, right, just ban, yeah. just, like, ban the guy instantly. Because, and, and I understand that imp impulse, but it, it really doesn't think the situation through, because there are hundreds of servers, right? And you need you and and so if you're asking for round the clock coverage in multiple locations at once in hundreds of servers at once that's just that, there's manpower for that that is just in that like the manpower to do that is insane 
You know what I mean? And in a way, it's the same kind of thing with these world firsts, right? Like, because world firsts only happen when new patches and stuff come out, right? This is time of heightened activity. You're probably receiving, you know, like your GM, you're probably receiving more reports and like doing more shit because you know the new patch just dropped and everybody just came back and on top of that you have maybe 10 guilds that you need round the clock coverage uh people sitting here watching them make their attempts kind of thing like that's like that's that's rough and to a certain to a certain point it's almost like how do you deal with that as a logistics problem at, from a from a company level do you see what i'm saying yeah so 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 my, my counter argument to that is that if it's if it's 10 guilds round the clock um, the, do you know if, if Blizzard has, has round-the-clock community service? Like, do they have, like, customer, customer representatives? I'm pretty sure they have 24-hour. Right. Like, so, so coverage. In, in the company that I currently work for, we have customer representatives in, in, in uh, uh, we don't do video games, but we, we have customer uh, service people in different time zones to deal with problems for people in, in those kinds of areas, right? Like, oh, really? Asia and Europe and America. Yeah, we have, we have three sets of people. Um, there are less people in the, in the kind of satellite offices of Europe and uh and in asia pacific um but um uh we we have people there to kind of deal with things overnight um we don't have engineers there actually funnily enough if there's like a a real problem one of us gets a phone call and we have to wake up at four in the morning to (laughs) to deal with it um but um uh you know just like for 10 people 10 guilds around the clock i don't think for a company the size of Blizzard's, that's unreasonable, assuming you have people in those kind of graveyard shift slots anyway. Um, you know, if you you say, Billy Joe, instead of, you know, doing, like, monitoring, like, spam traffic tonight or, like, doing your normal GM things, your job is watch exorcists um, and, you know, maybe, maybe, you know, RMT stuff gets dealt with slightly slower tonight, but that trade-off's there. You know, and I, I think that that's worth it. If, you know, if you want to tell me that, you know, you actually have to be watching, like, a couple hundred guilds trying to do this, then, yeah, maybe I see your point and it's untenable. But I think the numbers are small enough that you could, that you could, you could do that. Um, and, and, you know, even, let, let, let's, let's put that aside for a second. Um, I think in the case where it's questionable, like, it's, it's, it, it, it's a, it's a real tough question because, like, you know, if, like, you give out a second set of the achievements with kind of like a star next to the first ones. Uh, uh, like, cause you know, if you're pursuing it with this potentially dubious strategy, right? Like, you know, this, this goes back to kind of this, this, you know, am I, am I kneecapping myself by not doing something that's potentially a mechanic? Um, you know, you might lose the, the world first by taking the less, uh, the, the less optimal approach. Cause you think something's not a mechanic, but on the other hand, if you do go for this and it turns out to not be a mechanic and, like, you've been wasting your time on illegitimate attempts, um, but that's not your fault, right? Like, because you thought this was a legitimate mechanic. The one thing I will say about that is that Blizzard is pretty good about putting the mechanics... Like, they have the like they have the dungeon journal. That's whatever, fair. Right? Which lists out all of the mechanics on the boss. So, theoretically speaking, right, if something's in there that you don't see, right then it's probably, you know, like, then it's, like, probably a bug. Uh, and there's a certain amount of culpability that I'm sure you could put in there for Blizzard. But. Yeah. Yeah, for Blizzard, but... Um. It's very interesting with PV is with PvE stuff. Like, for instance, uh, Payday 2 also 
bans cheaters and, and auto kicks cheaters from your games. But like it's it's an it's a toggleable option for your lobby and like your menu to auto kick cheaters and and by default it's toggled but i could untoggle that if i wanted and hypothetically i think what that implies is that if i want to build a lobby with cheaters i can and i'll get all this you know like i'll get all this like free money and shit like that but that's my prerogative to do so um which i think is a really weird concept yeah because, like, on one hand, you know, like, on one hand, it is, it's a PvE game. There's no PvP mo mode in uh, Payday 2. There's really no competitive, like, there's nothing about it is, like, competitive, right? But it's like, if you want to cheat and give yourself less of a challenge, the, it, I, you know, I, I don't know if I'm really reading the situation right, but, like, Overkill, who publishes the game or develops the game, one of the two, um, is kind of almost saying that's that's fine you just gotta set the rules for yourself hmm. which i i have really i just i don't know how i like i don't know where to come down on that kind yeah. of thing because on one hand it's a little bit of like you know it's it's not like so for instance i think i you know it's not like i expect bethesda to ban people for using console commands in Far or Fallout 4 or in Skyrim, right? I mean, that's cheating, arguably, or whatever. I mean, it, uh, it is cheating, but it's a single-player experience. So yeah. th this this kind of, I think, winds it back to um, the, the topic, which is, which is griefing, right? Like, if it if it affects somebody else, and, uh, you know, getting a world first above somebody else is is because you cheated is, is griefing, right? Like, you've taken, um, at, at least by, like, I guess, kind of a, a, a loose definition... Um, but in, in those single player games, it doesn't, it doesn't affect anybody else. Yeah. It's almost a victimless crime. The victim is you. And if you're, you know, I don't know. I really, that like that. It's always something I found really interesting about, about payday. Uh, and like, they actually have pretty good systems for detecting when cheating is taking place. Um, like what'll happen is one of the, one of the players in your game, like if you don't have the auto kick feature enabled, right? One of the players in your game will just have a big thing that says cheater over your head as you go through it. But if it, there's no auto kick, then you can just complete the heist with him cheating. So, huh. yeah. Well, I don't know about that. <laughs> uh, um, but yeah, uh, I, I think kind of like, did you want to see a final word on like this PUBG situation? I don't know. I, you know, I think that this is... I, I think it's very cool that we are seeing um, so much discussion about this kind of stuff. Because I think it is, like, an aspect of the culture and an aspect of the industry that people don't think about, right? Uh, and that gets, you know, that that's actually pretty important to how we talk about, like, our, our, our interactions with other people. Uh, I've never, like, quite bought into the kind of, like, toxicity thing... But I don't know that I would ever get I like like if I'm a single player person and I'm playing League of Legends essentially as a single player you know like cooperative rando like all randos all the time I I like I think that toxicity is a really big problem for that you know like for that and for that game and it's something that you do want to man and like manage and it's something that you really need to be uh, like aware of and um, and I'm sure there are plenty of games and, you know, like, I don't think Mojang or Microsoft, right, does much when it comes to, 
uh, because like of the like because of how servers are set up, right? The, the I like I think their their perspective is essentially that the moderators, the admins of a server, are the ones who kind of do that sort of policing. And if you walk into a server and everybody's you know using racial slurs, right? It's really up to the server admin to start banning people, um, essentially. Um, but I think that the, like like getting into and talking about the nuances of these kinds of things is really like an, an important aspect of how we think about and how we approach games when we're thinking them, uh, when we're thinking about them as like like services, right? Like as platforms uh, where people are connecting, you know, like as like social platforms essentially, right? Um, so yeah, yeah. Um. <laughs> I don't, I don't know. I, I agree with you. I, for the most part, I don't think I really have anything to to add to that. Um, so, uh, I guess in that case, how was your week? <laughs> uh, that's a good question. I actually played a ton of games thinking about it. Um, but Because uh, I played Total War Warhammer. So, they released... Okay, so, in my undying affection for Total War Warhammer, they released... Uh, the total, the total War subreddit actually, um, what like they we knew there was going to be a race pack for Total War One attached as a pre-order bonus for Total War Two, right? Or uh, Total War Warhammer Two, right? Um, the, everyone thought it was going to be Norska, which is going to be which is like all of the the races that uh, like so if you played Total War Warhammer, there's a bunch of races that at this point use chaos units. Um, but they're like the scarelings or whatever, and they have like settlements up there. But they're but they're not like the true chaos hordes themselves, um, kind of thing. Um, these uh, everyone thought it was going to be Norska, right? But there were a lot of people who were because there's like a lot of just really weird armies. Like Kislev had an army in one of the editions, right? The Border Princes. Um, there's a there's a faction called Dogs of War who are kind of mercenaries that you can just add to whatever army you want, right? Um, the uh, There's Ogres uh, and Chaos Dwarves, right? There's a ton of stuff that they could theoretically use that would, like, that would make sense. But everybody was saying, it's Norska. It's going to be fucking, you know, it's, it's going to be Norska, right? Um, the Border Princes is, is another one. Those guys just use Empire units, but hypothetically they would have kind of like their own unit rosters and everything like that. And so there's all this debate, and it became a huge meme that it was so obviously Norska that everyone thought it was going to be something else, right? Like, that that was, like, too obvious. They, like, psyched themselves out of, of committing to the fact that it was Norska. Up to and including there being, like, screenshots that... Uh, like, like somebody found a screenshot, like somebody p posted a leaked screenshot from like the trailer for like the Norska trailer that showed a goblin and was like, oh my God, it's going to be like Kislev goblins or something or like some incredibly like obscure right. piece of lore or something like that. <laughs> so they release it. It's Norska. Okay. Right? Like, you know, with a completely awesome, awesome trailer, by the way. This, like, this super Viking guy in, like, all of these skulls or whatever. But, like, there's this war woolly mammoth. Um, and they're a very, like, they're a very, like, monsters-driven race. Like, they have ice wolves and frost trolls and frost giants and woolly mammoths and just, like, all of these, like, all of these things. The, the, the mechanics of them sound fucking awesome. Um, but the top comment uh, of the Reddit reveal thread was the community member the community manager for creative assembly who actually spends a lot of time in the total war um uh 
like in the Total War subreddit, right? Like they talk to people, right? They're, they're very engaged on the subreddit. I don't believe that they're mods um, because that has been like a point of contention in the past. Um, but I, 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 like, I don't think that that's the, uh, um, uh, I don't think that, that they're, that they're mods. Um, but, uh, the top comment was how, uh, was, was one of these community managers. And this is what she said. Her name is, she was the one that posted the, the cinematic trailer, right? Her name is Grace. <laughs> the top comment was, uh, she was quoting someone else. She said, like, paging, user, whatever, like Bowler, whatever that silly Damon's name is. There's already plenty of folks to fight chaos, and that sounds more like a faction than a whole race anyway. I'll Facebook Live myself eating my shoes if it's Norska. <laughs> and then she, like, linked to the source. And so everybody freaked out because she's essentially calling this guy on not bamboozling for, <laughs> for like, making this thing. Anyway... So this whole thing got me back into Warhammer. I was like, I never, I never went and I never did a, a Bretonian playthrough because Bretonian, did I talk about this? Bretonia has like the weirdest start ever because they just get like a whole bunch of green skins spawning on them out of nowhere and it fucking sucks. But I'm doing Bretonia. It's kind of cool. They have a chivalry mechanic and like a peasants mechanic. Um, some of their units are peasants, right? And you can't draw too many peasants because if you draw them out of the fields, they're not, like, making money and stuff and, like, and like supplies and shit for, like, your army. So you have to, like, keep... You, so you have to keep the balance between, like, your peasants and, like, your knights, like, like proper, right? But you also can't use all knightly units or whatever because, like, knights will only follow lords that, like, have taken these crazy vows for the grail it's it's like it's really complicated right and then on top of that like you can't do things like um you can't do things that are that are that are considered unchivalrous right so like sacking a city is considered not chivalrous and it has very viable gameplay benefits to you to do so right like you're getting like five thousand gold or whatever by like sacking this like orc town but the the chivalrous point of view and i don't quite understand why this is the case is to raise it to the ground so that's weird rather than rather than <laughs> sack it yeah rather than sack it for some reason, raising it, uh, maybe maybe it's because they're greenskins and greenskins are bad, or uh, or maybe it's kind of like you either you can send them to to, to the fucking uh, yeah. It's also weird like, because send, like send, send them to their gods, which is <laughs> <laughs> it's also weird because when you defeat someone in battle, right, you get two choices: you can either um, release them and get paid gold that right like you release these captives and you get you get some some amount of gold or you execute the captives the chivalrous idea is to execute all of the prisoners of war that you take which i was like what and that and you know like and i get it because like that is the uh like like that's like the more game like the gameplay is better like the game rewards you by giving these people back kind of a thing and so it says well do you want to be chivalrous or do you want to be rich essentially yeah it's very weird like i think it's this weird kind of intersection where like you know it is not like i can understand the point that it's not chivalrous to ransom someone right um and i like can, can you let them go for free uh i don't 
not that I have. So the only armies I've ever fought against have been undead armies and greenskin armies. Okay. I've never fought against like the Empire, uh, and I've never fought against like other Bretonians. Uh, one of the things that's actually very cool about the game is that. So you remember like Confederation? Uh, Confederation is a mechanic where it's like, if you're a faction of dwarves and I'm a faction of dwarves and I'm really, really powerful, we can confederate where you join my faction. It's, it's essentially, right, like, you don't have to diplomatic, you don't have to conquer everybody in order to get their territory. If you have okay. really good diplomacy with people of your faction, right, you right. can just add them to, um, uh, you can just, like, add them to your faction, essentially, right? Um in Bretonia, this is unlocked through technologies. Um, so, like, for instance, the technology for, uh, you know, like, you can send out these heralds or whatever, and it, increase, it increases your reputation. You get some kind of, like, flavor-themed small bonus, right? Like, oh, the ship guys make your ships fat, whatever. You know, like, something crazy like that. Um, but then it unlocks the ability to confederate them, which is actually very cool. Because, like, confederating really, really quickly is kind of an OP mechanic in, in kind of base Total War. They have a lot of things in Bretonia that are really neat and interesting, and I like them a lot. Um... Uh, for instance, they have technologies where you can say, I am specifically here to fight Norskin tribes, right? And so I'm going to spend, like, all of these turns getting these technologies. And once I have them, I make myself immune to the, the attrition up there, um, which is typically the big problem, right? Like, on my Empire playthrough, I eventually threw an army up to, uh, like, the Norskin territories. And you just get so destroyed by the attrition by moving through this, like, chaos... Uh, like, 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 like wilderness, uh, with, um, and it's like snows and shit and like that too, that you're just spending like rounds and rounds recuperating the losses from that attrition and it really sucks. Um, so that anyway, I don't know. I don't know what I was going at. My, my point is, is that Bretonia is cool. They've learned a lot. Total war is amazing. I'm happy. Uh, yeah, I, I while you were talking about this, I looked at Total War Warhammer Two. Um, I'm a big fan of Lizardmen, so it looks like I might get this one. Play oh, you it. didn't you didn't know that they had lizard that they were. I hadn't I hadn't paid attention to this at all. Um, oh wow, okay. I hadn't I, I haven't played Warhammer One past course. like the first like week. Um, I don't know. I I like the Lizardmen. That's who I played in uh, Blood Bowl, uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, which. Uh, I played a bunch of that game, which is a, it's a weird game. You know, fucking football yeah. with, <laughs> with with Warhammer units. Um, Did you mean, like, the the board game version of it? Or no, 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 no. There's a video game version of it. Oh, okay. Yeah. I got it through, like, a, one of the Steam sales. I was like, ah, oh, this looks neat. I'll give that a shot. <laughs> is, it, is it good? Um, it was... Should I go, should I go pick up Blood... Blood Bowl? There's Blood Bowl 2. I haven't played. Um, the old, the first one's real old, so I, I don't know. Blood Bowl 2's only like 10 bucks. It's got it's mixed recent, though, so I don't know. Uh, what's the... Uh, yeah, apparently it's it's not great. So, uh... I would, uh... I would, uh... Give it pause until Blood Bowl 3? <laughs> That'd be great <laughs> if you could play Blood Bowl inside of Total War Warhammer. Yeah. Like, it's like a, a thing. Um, 
but uh yeah, yeah. I mean, so the other thing i've been doing is playing a bunch of payday uh but like that's kind of almost uninteresting so yeah i'm playing, playing lots of payday it's fun Woohoo! okay um but then I also have played uh, two other games before I talk about this third one. So have you ever played State of Decay? No, but I've wanted to. It's uh, like somebody recommended it and I bought it, but I never got around to playing it. Yeah, so I have it. Is it a multiplayer game? Like, I think it that... might be. Maybe we should do this. Yeah, like I kind of almost like I played 0.2 hours of it, which is obviously not that much. Like it was incredibly cheap on the Steam sale, so I got it like the year one survival edition or something like that. Um, and uh, and I was kind of like, oh, this is neat. This is cool. Uh, maybe I'll come back to it kind of like later. And then I've also played like the Shadowrun Returns. I guess this is a CRPG. Um, and uh, uh, it is incredible how like draining I almost find these CRPGs. I have never been able to successfully like put a lot of time into any of these CRPGs. Like, even, like, Tyranny or, like, Pillars of Eternity. I've, like, started all of these games. Even, like, Divinity Original Sin. I've, like, started all of these games, but, like, I, I don't know what it is. It just feels like it takes forever for these games to get interesting. Yeah. Um, we should we should play... Um, I've, I've heard that... Uh, that, um... What is it called? That, um... Divinity Multiplayer is a lot of fun. It looks like oh, State yeah? of Decay is only single player, though. Okay. Uh... I also played a little bit of Prison Architect. Have you ever played Prison Architect? No. I see it advertised all the time. I'm like, this does not seem interesting to me. Um, so I never... Yeah, it's just kind of like one of those Sims Sims games and stuff. Uh, and then the last game that I want to mention playing is Star... Or no, that, that before... Okay, one other game that I want to mention playing is Star Wars Rogue One. Or Rogue Squadron 3D. Do you remember this game? Did you ever play this on the N64? Uh... It's like the one where you play like X Wings and Tie Fighters and like random ass missions. You're Maybe. playing Rogue Squadron. I think you're playing Wedge. I I, I not particularly. Um, the only one I remember in particular was like Shadows of the Empire. So I, I it sounds familiar, but I don't remember it in any particular capacity. Because there's a Steam version of it, and oh my god, is it such a crazy blast from the past? But it's also like impossible. The controls on this game are fucking <laughs> god awful. It's basically unplayable. Because these these controls are so garbage. <laughs> anyway, wow. the last thing I wanted to talk about was I've been playing Darkest Dungeon. Wow, I'm already 10 hours. Uh, I started playing like a couple of days ago. Darkest Dungeon, which is a very good game, which is kind of like XCOM, but like 2D XCOM, but like also very like atmospheric 2D XCOM. Um, uh, this game's really good. This game's really, really, uh, really solid, really good. Yeah, I, no, I... Sorry. I, I I fear that it might become tedious almost because like but like because it's so focused in, and like things are like dying is so easy on it um and having like all of your dudes get like super mega hardcore fucked um the like you don't get into the same thing that you get into with XCOM where you kind of like build these teams that you know are going to go out in like the right like in the right kind of orders or whatever um and 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 and, and like it's it's and, and that kind of shaking it up you know what i mean because like certain people get more stressed and then they're like they go on these benders for like weeks right. at a time or whatever or like or whatever else means that i'm mixing matching i'm not doing this thing that i that i do at xcom where i kind of have like 
team one and then team two essentially i kind of just have a whole bunch of adventurers and they're dying a lot because i guess i'm not very good yet or something um, um i remember i remember so i played this game really early haven't played it in a while but i remember one of the early kind of um criticisms of it was uh something was essentially that like you end up churning through a lot of characters and then you have a lot of dead time um just because you have to kind of like bring up new people at some point i don't know if they ever fixed that so what it seems to be for me i mean i guess i, I don't know maybe they fixed this for me is uh, once your characters get to a certain level, like you kind of have to break through resolve level two, right? So they level up twice and then you can kind of be fine with them and not worry too much about them dying. Like, I don't think I've ever, ever had, uh, like I'm currently doing basically all of the apprentice missions, um, like the level one missions or whatever, um, because I just don't have that many guys. Like, I haven't sunk that many hours into it. And I have a lot of level zeros and level ones die. But every time I bring a level two on a mission, he doesn't, I guess. So, I guess that's kind of the tactic. Did you play, by the way, when the when the thing was just stunlocking guys and stuff? Like, did you ever play with, like, corpses? Um, I might, like, if I didn't play that much, so I might have played at that point. But I never engaged in those tactics. Okay. Because, like, I, I did a little bit of, like, reading, uh, essentially, in how some of this, um, like, like some of this progressed. Uh, and they changed up, like, they changed up a lot of tactics in order to make things more, uh, like, more strategic, right? Like, one of the things that you used to be able to do was just kind of, like, stun lock. You can't heal outside of combat, so what you do is you would just end up stun locking one enemy over and over again, um... And then using your heal message to top everybody off. Uh, and then you finally finish him off, essentially. Um, that's no longer possible. Because when you stun someone, they get stun resistance for like two rounds or something okay. like that. Um, and uh, and then the, the other thing that you used to do was, like, when someone died, everyone shuffled to the front, right? Um, but now, and so like you would just kind of kill who was ever in front and you just keep shuffling and shuffling and shuffling sort of thing. Um, but now when you kill someone, they leave a corpse that occupies their spot. And so like you can find yourself in a situation where like you have a bunch of melee guys who can attack these front dudes and they take the front dudes out really quickly. But now you have to attack through the, you, you have to, you have to kill the corpses in order to clear out those front positions. Okay. Um, to like move people forward the exception to this is when you kill someone with a crit it doesn't leave a corpse and if you kill someone with a dot it doesn't leave a corpse is that intentional is that like i think so i think it's intentional in order to like you know like there's a there's a certain amount of like uh strategy in like dotting someone up so that they die and they don't leave a corpse behind okay. i my best character i have one rank four character his name is pythow He's a plague doctor, and he's very good because he gives people blight, which is like disease or like poison nah. kind of thing. Um, and so his whole playstyle is essentially just like stack dots on people and stop giving a fuck. That's it. That's that like the sounds, beginning of the uh, end of his style. <laughs> uh, that sounds that sounds neat, actually. Um, I have to I have to play more of this game. Um, now that you bring it up, there are a, there are a lot of classes. Um, like for instance, did you ever play with like lepers? 
Um, might be that might be a new new class. Honestly, I didn't play that much. So I, I I I don't remember. I played with like a Wolfman once, I think, or like something like that, like some okay. sort of like like shitty person that no one liked. Um, they were like, "That's an abomination. I can't deal yeah, with it." Yeah, yeah, that is called the abomination. Oh. I have one of those, but no one ever wants to group with him, and so I've like literally never taken him out on a mission before. Well, sounds like that sucks. Yeah. Um, yeah, but yeah, I, 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 I haven't played that game in forever. Uh, I well, I highly recommend it. Uh, we didn't play any D&D &D this week. No. Uh, and we're not playing any D&D &D next week, which I haven't announced yet, but. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah. Well. Uh, what did you do? Um, I read books. <laughs> uh, um, I played a bunch of PUBG, but, um, I finished the stand. Um, um, I'm desperately trying to get through these books. Um, we might have to push off the Gunslinger review by a week. So I can what, wait, what, what is the week that it comes out? August 4th. August 4th. Ooh, I'm going to have a tough time seeing that. No, I can see it the Thursday before, I think. I have a I have a WoW event on August 4th. I mean, we can, like I said, we might have to push it out anyway, so, you know. Fair enough. Don't, don't worry. Um, but yeah, um, I finished the stand. The first 900 pages of that book are amazing i loved it for back 400 not so much i think that it, it ends less strong um also just kind of disclaimer for everybody out there i'm speed reading these books so um i'm not really like i'm not going to comment on kind of like the literary uh kind of nuance of it because i might be missing some of it but i do think you did a great job of conveying emotion in the beginning part i read through the talisman which is also a really neat book um it's weird because like I like at one point he like, like it, it's like a series of like miniature adventures. Like, it, so it's, it's basically a coming of age story. 12 year old boy has to like, um, has to do like a magical journey across the country to save his mother's life. Um, there's some weirdness in there too. Um, but it's presented as kind of like maybe like a half dozen different like segments um, but the first one is him kind of like getting stuck at a uh, at a bar that he works at temporarily, but kind of getting trapped there by like the circumstances of a situation. Um, and when I hit it, I was like, "Why are they spending so much time on this?" And I kind of like read through it. You know, I just kind of like like sped read through it even faster. Um, but that kind of turned out to be like the kind of like meat of the whole book. Like like not 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 that particular adventure, but these kind of adventures in 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 sequence. Um, I'm not sure. How I feel like I feel like it'd be great for like a television show adaptation. Um, that's because like you could do like arcs very clear, like you know, like a prestige show, like or like a Netflix show where they don't care about episode length. You could do each of these right, segments right. as like a, as like one episode. Because um, he, he's essentially hitchhiking across the country. Um, um, but, you know, it's uh, it was interesting. I'd recommend it. Um, uh, apparently it's, uh, it's got a sequel that I also need to read further down the line that is set 20 years later. Um, uh, but with the same characters, I currently have just started the eyes of the dragon, which is a uh, shorter book. Um, I might actually finish it by tonight. It's a, uh, it is a, uh, typical fantasy novel uh, from what I can tell. Um, but it, uh. It's, it's neat so far. You know, it's just straight fantasy. Um, I am hoping, like, 
the little like from what I understand that comes out of the stand, I might not have had to have read that to really understand what was up. Um, but it was a good enough book, at least for those first 900 pages, that I'm not so, unhappy about it. So now I'm a little confused. So is the stand? So you've read the book that the that the Dark Tower, the movie is going to be based on. So, according to sources, the movie is all seven books, kind of. Is not just uh, the Gunslinger. What, is there that same kind of like I'm, I'm interested in this concept is there this kind of um, uh, like lion the witch in the wardrobe thing to it meaning uh, like like the, the, the kid discovers this portal to another world and he goes and he teams up with this gunslinger and the man in black or whatever wants to destroy it or something so how much do you care about spoilers uh, I really what I'm just asking is like, is what I saw in that trailer, which is awful, accurate? Um, so there's a lot in that trailer that doesn't happen in the Gunslinger that I'm not sure about. There's a bunch of stuff about traveling between worlds, um, but that only comes into play like it only because I hinted at in the first book. I've read the first two books of the actual series. Um, and I suspect some of the stuff in the talisman that I read is going to figure out, figure into the core series later as well. Um, but there, there is kind of, um, a way to travel between different worlds. Um, but it's more based, like the, most of the books are based around Roland, the gunslinger's point of view. Um, in some way, like where I'm at in the series, Jake is not a part of it yet. Um, in a, in a larger sense, um, he actually, do you plan on reading the gunslinger? No. Okay. Um, uh, for anybody at home, spoilers about the gunslinger. Um, Jake dies in the gunslinger. Um, Jake is the kid. Yes. Okay. But he comes, I know he comes back because of like, I've read like some of like the, you know, like back of the book descriptions. Okay. Um, so he, um, like. The first book is the gunslinger is chasing the, the man across the desert and then he come he finds Jake but Jake has like died and it's like evident that he's from our world like he dies in New York City um and then but then he somehow ends up here because of the 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 fuckery of the magic the, the magic in in this world is not explained at all which is kind of a neat way to do it cuz I mean in some ways it lets it kind of like do whatever it needs to do but it also like gives it a lot of mystery um uh, and as you push through the book, the gunslinger ends up sacrificing, um, sacrificing Jake to catch the man in black. And then some stuff happens. And then the second book, he stops the guy that pushes Jake. In, so Jake gets hit by a car. He stops the guy that pushes Jake in front of a car from doing that. Um, so... It's unclear what happens, but I know that in the next book in the core series, Jake in some way rejoins Roland. Um, I don't know the specifics of that yet. Um, so, um, the other thing is, this is like a, a series-wise spoiler that I accidentally stumbled upon. Or, I'm not sure about it, but it's been hinted at a lot. Do, do you care? No. Okay. So, I'm pretty sure... The way that the Dark Tower series ends is 
like it's like this whole thing's a cycle. So I think one of the things I saw suggested is that the Dark Tower of the movie is actually a sequel because it could just be like another iteration of of the whole thing. Oh. Yeah. Wow. This is weird. Yes. Um Yes, it is weird. Um, it's also weird because, like, in the trailer, it's like, you know, it's very clear. He wants to destroy the Dark Tower. Um, but in the Gunslinger so far, it's like the, the the man in black serves the master of the Dark Tower. And the dark master of the Dark Tower is ostensibly bad. But that might change, right? Like, that's just kind of, like, the thing that I've read so far. Again, I'm only two out of seven books into the series. So, we'll see. Um, we'll see, I guess. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. Uh, I am interested. Uh, I am interested. The one last thing that I wanted to talk about is the much, much other hyped premiere uh, was Game of Thrones this week. Uh. Premiered for season seven. Now, you are not a Game of Thrones fan. Is that correct? Yes. Am I right in that? What, uh, like, have you... Like, I, why? Um, I listened to the first book on tape... And I thought it was... I didn't think it was bad. I thought it was alright, but I didn't think it was anything special. And kind of the contrarian in me was like, well... You know... Like, I like I, I don't think I'd have a problem going and reading the rest of it. But I just... I was like, this isn't good enough for me to get... To, to care so much about it, so whatever. Okay, well, I'm going to officially petition you to actually care about it because I think we should do. Uh, I think we should do a podcast on it. Oh God! <laughs> so you're willing much. to will, like you're willing to to like watch like a bazil- or read like a bazillion of these Dark Tower books for one movie, right. and you're not willing to watch seven seasons of six seasons of HBO's Game of Thrones. Uh, yeah, it, like, but it's like if you want me to watch it, I'm, you know. I would not be so hesitant if I wasn't doing this Dark Tower thing right now. <laughs> That's fair. Okay, but Plus, like, so... then I have to immediately go watch all of uh, Death Note and, like... Oh, you're, oh, oh, God, you're right. We're also doing that for Death Note. Yeah. So, have you watched Death Note before? I've watched the first half of the of, of the of the anime. Okay. Um, and I haven't read any of it. I don't plan on reading it, but I do fan, plan on watching the whole, the whole anime before the movie. Maybe some of the Japanese live-action movies, if I'm feeling frisky. Um, but, um, I also, I also, I also have to, there's an event at Gen Con. It is a live recording of an episode of a podcast that I need to catch up on, which is a campaign podcast I was talking about. And I've been behind on that because I've been reading all the Stephen King books. So <laughs> I find this hilarious. Yeah. So I've got, um, so like there's one, like this, the season of Game of Thrones is split, right? Or something like that. Uh, No. No. It's short. It is seven episodes rather than ten. Every season of Game of Thrones has been ten episodes so far. Okay, this is like the second to last season then? Yeah, this is the second to last season. Okay. I can definitely get on board for the last season, but Uh. (laughs) if it's it's like one a week, right? For the next seven weeks? For the next, yeah. There's no way. There's no way I'm going to be able to do that, unfortunately. Well, okay. So what if, but what if we just like get rid of a timer on it and just kind of say, well, when we get there, we get there. Um, you know I'm what? a huge fan of Game of Thrones, right? All like, right. I've read all of the books. 
So uh, if we some of them multiple times, and uh, uh, and I've seen typically what I do actually is every season before every season comes out, I do a full back to front, front to back rewatch of the series, right? So I re so you know so I I only started watching in season two, so like. When season two, I was watched the first two seasons, and then season three came around. I watched the first two seasons, then season three, and then I typically do a rewatch of the most recent season about halfway after, you know, like a couple of months later, sort of thing. Um, so, but this time I didn't do that full thing because, frankly, we we are at six seasons, and that's just like a lot of fucking time to spend. Um, but uh, but I am very on board with Game of Thrones. I think Game of Thrones. Do I? Well, I mean. I, I kind of hate typing things relative to their hype or their kind of quote-unquote rating. Like, I think Game of Thrones is very, very good, and I think that there are a lot of kind of nitpicky detractors who are wrong about about it, right? Like, you know, you hear people kind of say, right, like, oh, it's all about, you know, this isn't really nitpicky, I guess, but, like, it's all about, like, George R. R. Martin killing, kill, killing people, and it's like, no, it's... So so I'm going to I'm going to lay it on you like I thought that the first book um was, was Game of Thrones actually um was good but not exceptional and I thought that the only reason people thought it was exceptional cuz it was cuz he wasn't afraid to kill his characters um I do think that that's exceptional and I actually think that the first book is very good uh but I actually think that the book that the, the it gets better as it goes on. It does the thing that I like a lot about sequels where it like it takes its time in the sequel not to kind of expand on things but to dimensionalize things that you already know. For instance, uh, in the very first book, right, Cersei Lannister, one of the core, core characters, is not a POV character. But by the time that you get to the f fourth book, fourth book in the fourth book she is a pov character right and so like even though like you know she's kind of one of the more static characters that doesn't like go through massive character arcs a lot of the very long time pov characters right daenerys is a, is a pov character john is a pov character right these guys go through pretty big dramatic arcs kind of front to back um but like you get to get in everyone's head, and that experience dimensionalizes everyone. There are kind of no, like, one-note characters in in Game of in Game of Thrones. Okay, that's what? not that's not explicitly true. There are a couple of them, and where where, where they crop up, they are bad, especially in the TV show. But um, what what do you like better than what do you like better, the book or the or the the show? I think the book is better, but I think the show well. Do you, th you think we're going to get a Game of Thrones Brotherhood? Do you know what I'm talking well, about? Did like a, what, like a, like Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood? Yeah. Is that like, a reference? Yes. Full Metal Alchemist, the original, got ahead of the manga and diverged and was uh, its own thing. And then Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood was the whole thing again, but sticking to the manga. All signs point to that currently happening. Um, so, essentially, George R. R. Martin actually had, was on track to publish The Winds of Winter, which is the the sixth book, with last season, right, season five, which was a year and some change ago, right, a year and a half ago sort of thing. Um, <clears throat> and then, but then he put up a blog post that essentially said something along the lines of, like, I realized a really crucial mistake, and he has dramatically rewritten uh, that book such that it's still not published, obviously. Um... <clears throat> But that he has also kind of shared 
that original in a weird way in a weird way it's almost the opposite of what of what you're describing because the show was originally on the trajectory that he set up but it now sounds as though the book trajectory is the thing that's diverging right okay like they are going like he he has it, it has already started to diverge too a little bit right like um, that is my understanding at least the divergence it's it is it Divergence is a poor way to put it because it really seems as though it was more kind of um, shortcuts than anything okay. else. Um, you get the sense um, that Game of Thrones begins small and expands and expands and expands, but then it starts contracting and contracting, right? Um, there's a lot of contraction that's kind of been happening in the, like, in the books, and you can kind of see it in, you know, I mean... The books four and five happen at the same time. They are just different. Uh, like they're they like they they happen at the same time chronologically, but they are different POV characters in different parts of the world. They, it is essentially one book that's just thousands and thousands of pages and had to be chopped up in okay. some in some fashion, right? Um, but anyway, so the uh, um, uh, fuck uh, so. Yeah, there, there's a there's like you get the sense that this contraction is happening, but because the TV show didn't have the the space to really balloon outwards and outwards and outwards like that, uh, you really feel that they took a lot of kind of narrative shortcuts to get people where they need to be. Kind of, in fact, the, this is really my read on season five and season six, two of which I think have some of the best moments. Right, the very best moments in Game of Thrones. Right, the very best scenes, the very best um, kind of episode, like wall to wall episodes. Uh, are you know like our our Game of Thrones season five and season six stuff because they have the budget they are they they the characters are true to themselves right the actors are comfortable in their skins the writers know what they're doing sort of thing uh, but the seasons themselves are not great because there's a lot of stuff that's just it's like the opposite of filler right where in the book there is stuff happening that would otherwise be you know, like you could kind of call it filler because it's a bunch of bullshit that like prevents some but like it it, it it adds good pacing and everything like that right. in the show they clip all of that stuff out in order to get character a to you know the, like the, in order to get this character from point a to point j and they're skipping a whole bunch of letters in between sort of things and you feel that rushedness yeah. of w it one of, one of my friends says that um or the, um one of the, friend of the cast, Alexio, says that one of the most incredible things about Game of Thrones is they all have jetpacks. You can't see them, but they all have them. Yeah, the that kind way. of thing. That kind of thing is incredibly like teleportation. I think it's some of the worst. Like I don't, I don't like it when people get these. Like I typically call this stuff nitpicky bullshit, right? Where it's like, how was that character able to travel like thousands and thousands of miles? But it is incredibly glaring okay. in Game of Thrones that like. There are there are a few select very small instances where it's like, come on. <laughs> Fair enough. That said, I still think it's very good. Uh, I just and I hope that the and it, it feels as though they have finally gotten everyone where they need to be for this season, right? Um, such that I think all of this shortcutting is going to end, and we're going to kind of get back to uh, more streamlined storytelling, I guess you would call it. Um, because I think the best season of Game of Thrones, like the whole season itself, is season two, um, and uh, and I want to and I want to see that I want to see that stuff again. I don't know, man. This fucking like Game of Thrones. Well, so I will tell you, that I will eventually do this. 
Um, but if I'm going to do this, I'm going to do it right. I'm going to read all the books. Oh, boy. I'm watch all the shows in that order. That way I can pretend like I'm somebody watching it as it happens. And it's like, the, that's not accurate. And giggle the to myself. audio books uh, are very good, but they are incredibly long. Like the I, I I looked at I looked at some of the like play times for certain audiobooks. Like the audiobook for like The Martian, I wanna say, is like eight hours. The audiobook for like Game of Thrones is Storm of Swords, which is the third book, is like a hundred and twenty hours. Oh, Jesus. Like, fuck. It's just so long. How long is the book? It is I it is insane how I mean I might be like making that up, but I do remember specifically being like, Holy shit, this audiobook is What's the name of the book again? Forever, uh, Storm of Swords. Storm of. Uh, I'm looking up like the how long to read time. Um, not Storm of Swords. Storm of Swords. On Audible, it is 47 hours and 37 minutes. Oh, Whereas, Jesus. let me check the uh, time. The Martian audiobook. The Storm of Swords time to read is 18 hours, which is about as long as the stand. Okay. Yeah. the 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 Martian the Martian audiobook is ten hours. Oh Christ! I'm gonna so. regret this. <laughs> to be fair, I think you know what, you know, swords... you know what we should do. You know what, what? we should do. Um, if we want to make this a regular segment, is uh, I should read the book and do the season in like like read the first book, watch the first season, and then we could do it that way. Maybe in the lead up to the last season or something. We'll figure it out. We'll figure um, it out. I just want to. I just want to get it on. Like I'm, get it down. I am definitely not going to like the stand. I was able to deal with because there's there's two books that are that length. There's the stand in Insomnia. Um, I'm not if 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 all of these books get longer as they go, I'm not going to be able to read these in like quick succession. Uh, Game of Thrones to put some dimension in here is 33 hours, and then why doesn't it just give me a link to the fucking sequels? This is so dumb. Uh, Audible, you're the worst. Okay, uh, and then Clash of Kings. Oh my god, that's a fucking Android game. I forgot. Audiobook. And then Clash of Kings goes up to 37, and then it goes to 47, and then, god, what it is, a Feast for Crows audiobook. Uh, is that what it's called? Yep. That goes to, that down to 33 hours. So the longest one, I think, is Storm of Swords. Um, and then let's check Dance with Dragons. Is that right? Dance with Dragons audiobook. Anyway. Be, uh, so the Dance of Dragons is 49 hours. So, so it, any, gets, it any, gets up and down. It's going to be long. <laughs> I'm probably going to read them because I can read faster than audio. Although, I do play things at two times speed. Um, and that works sometimes. But anyway. I think we've, we've long overrun our time. We have. Um... Uh, if you want to email us about Game of Thrones or the Gunslinger, you can email us at some derpsplaygames at gmail.com or what you think of griefing. Um, you can uh, you can follow us on twitch.tv slash some derpsplaygames. You can uh, follow us on Twitter. All the things will be in the description. Um, that's all I had. Buddy, did you have anything you wanted to promote? I have nothing that I'm looking to promote. In that case, until next time, dear listeners. Until next time, loyal listeners.